I want to welcome everyone to the AdCast. Today, I have a very, 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 can I give you one more very special person on the line with us today? Uh, that is Miss PJ Browning. She is the president and publisher of the Pulitzer Prize winning Post and Courier. Hopefully, I didn't get that wrong. So this is going to be an awesome episode. We're going to talk about news, the newspaper industry and how PJ helped her team make a difference. This is the AdCast. You're listening to the AdCast. There's three things that I tell people to focus on. That's your budget, your media, and your message. People don't call it the truth. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. If you hustle, you'll never go hungry. Hustle and motivate. Hustle and motivate. That's why they follow me, huh? I think I know the way. You're listening to the AdCast. You are listening to the AdCast, and my guest, Ms. PJ Browning, like we said, the president and publisher of The Post and Courier. PJ, I'm excited to speak with you today. Well, Eric, thank you for that very, very warm welcome. I'm very excited to be um, on the show today and hopefully share some insights into what's going on at The Post and Courier. Awesome. So for these folks who've been living under a rock, you know, uh, PJ, I'd like to try take an attempt uh, at, at talking about your impressive bio but, you know, prior to joining the Post and Courier, you were actually the publisher for the Sun News out in Myrtle Beach. Uh, and then when you made your way to Charleston, one of the big things that you, you were on this team when you guys actually won the Pulitzer Prize in public service for the series on domestic violence in South Carolina. And, and some say that actually this had a lot to do with changing the way that a lot of people think when it came to domestic violence in South Carolina. So kudos to you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. So one of the big achievements that you had was in uh, October last year, you were Publisher of the Year. You were named Publisher of the Year. Uh, and the reason you did this, and this is uh, one of the big topics that you and I will discuss today, was you increase the online subscribers by 250%. And now that's impressive in today's digital world especially with news being so instantaneous. So PJ, let's talk about that. And, and why did you make online subscriptions a huge focus for you? Well, I, it is a great question. And, um, you know, as you look across the industry, we've always said that what the, the news we provide, uh, I think will always be relevant to communities. However, the platform on which that news is delivered is, is absolutely changing. I mean, more people today getting their news on their mobile phone, uh, tablets. And so we, we really had to get very aggressive with growth in digital. And a, a part of that is that you can't automatically assume that a print consumer is the same as a digital consumer. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for, for newspaper people, sometimes that's hard. You want to believe that they're going to read you on any platform. So for us, when we really concentrated on digital growth, it was growing a new audience altogether. Um, now, that being said, within our strategy, we do have what we call a digital readiness uh, that we're working very hard to, to get print people digitally ready mm -hmm. so that if one day, you know, three years, five years, whatever, um, we would have those individuals hopefully prepared to go to a digital format. But it, it's the way of the world, and I really fear that newspapers that don't concentrate on this, um, I, I really fear that, you know, that's that's going to be a business problem down mm -hmm. the road. 
just financially. No, I, I I do agree with you. Now let's just say now you worked in you worked in Myrtle Beach before, and every market's different, and the way that people consume media, it's all different. Do you think was it really hard for you to kind of do that lift in Charleston to get it up to two hundred and fifty percent? The mindset of the readers, like you said, uh, you know, people prior they thought that they are a print reader, they're going to always be a print reader, and it's going to be hard to convert them to digital. Was that a hard task for you? I know 250% says no, but was that hard for you? Yeah, you know, that is an excellent question, and, and my answer may surprise you. However, I, I have been talking a lot about this. Um, what, what really was interesting is it wasn't the content that w- was necessarily the issue. It's really n- newspapers and companies aren't set up with the right tech stack, mm. um, and, and it, that's it's really interesting because there were so many things and a lot of data behind this um, that we were not set up for people to really have a good digital experience when signing up for the newspaper. I mean, we laughingly said, and, and this is terrible, that you almost had to apply to be a online digital reader of the Post and Courier because that application was so difficult to get you actually signed up for a digital subscription. Mm-hmm. So the tech stack was one of our biggest challenges from, from starting your subscription to checking out. Uh, we literally, and this, this does not sound like a newspaper person probably, but we <laughs> found that 70% of the people that started their online subscription abandoned it before they got to the final phase because it was such a difficult process. Oh. So we, we had to inv- we had to find that new way. And, and I told the team, I said, you know, we got to get out of the newspaper mindset and we need to go figure out how retailers are doing this. You know, I want to be as good as Amazon where it's buy now, I swipe my finger and, you know, it's, it's done. So this, that was really one of the bigger challenges. Well, you know, that's that's actually uh, that's pretty insightful. Do you because like, for instance, like I, I know, like before I would get a subscription to the posting courier, like you'd have an, an opportunity to read the articles at least three times and then it would encourage you to go through and buy it. So like you said, buying a subscription, you wanted to make it easier. So is that like where you, you would say you wanted to make it easy to purchase through like the Apple store if someone's there? Absolutely. Yes, you're, you're hitting on all those things. So we want, uh, today we're, we do a lot of A-B testing. So mm-hmm. we have passwordless so that, you know, you can just go right on through and purchase your subscription. Um, we absolutely Apple Pay. You know, those are the types of things that we had to get on board with. And we're working with a company called Piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work with a variety of different companies globally and uh, really connecting with them and being able to look at the tech stack and what was available um, helped us tremendously. Uh, you know, the other thing you mentioned, the the whole idea behind, you know, read three articles and then purchase a subscription. Right. One of the other things we really focused on was, you know, what's the right number of free articles? Um, you know, when do you absolutely take the pay- paywall down as in a public service COVID-19? Right. Uh, I remember that. Um, and then, you know, is 30 days the right time frame? You know, sometimes the the analytics for us has shown that we have now two free page views within a 45-day time frame. 
So there's a lot of different metrics to help direct you on readership habits and how to grow those digital subscribers. Well, maybe I might get ahead of the conversation by even asking this question, but this kind of uh, was almost like a great segue as far as gaining, making it easy for the subscribers to be able to uh, get a membership through the Posting Courier. Could it possibly be the same way for advertisers down the road where it, it could be easier to purchase uh, your products online? Let's just say if someone wanted a, uh, a half page or a full page, could that be a possibility one day as well? Eric, absolutely. Um, you know, that's that's a whole nother thing that it's so antiquated, mm-hmm. you know, the way and I've been in this business for 36 years. So, um, you know, I remember filling out the paper forms and um, even, you know, when we, we talk in column inches <laughs> yeah. and you know, who talks in column inches. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely think that's an opportunity down the road uh, where you just purchase online advertising. Great, great. Uh, and, and I think uh, I think you're heading in the right direction. Uh, you, you mentioned your tenure. Um, you said you've been in paper for over 36 years and in 36 years, uh, working in any position or any job, there's a lot of memories that you have. Um, and I'd like to ask you, um, what is one of the toughest news days that you can remember? Oh, well, I mean, that one gives me goosebumps just even thinking about because it was definitely here, you know, in Charleston Mm -hmm. and I've uh, been in nine newspaper markets throughout my career, but um, the, the mother Emanuel AME yeah. church shooting was, was by, it was just horrific. And that was uh, extremely tough because, you know, that's, it's, it's so close and you're, um, you know, our team, while we certainly didn't suffer to the degree of the, the families, but you're covering such a horrific event. Yeah. Hard to um, cover. Yeah. Hard, hard to cover. And, you know, I think the reporters became really, really close to some of the individuals that suffered um, so bad that day. And, mm-hmm. and so that was definitely by far the hardest news day for us. Do you think, you know, around that time, and I'm looking at news now as well, do you think uh, journalism has a hard time with a lot of the everyone thinks they're a publisher now because they can go live or broadcast themselves through social media or any other outlet. Yeah. You know, we're absolutely in an interesting time um, with the way social media is playing into news today, but you know, we really, we really have to work hard to differentiate ourselves and make sure that people understand the difference between, you know, news and a blog and opinion, Um, you know, in particular, when we source something, you know, we, we have to have at least two sources. Um, You know, we have that professional journalism code. Um, And I think, you know, the challenge you have is that people tend to follow or read the things that they agree with. And, and, and it makes it tough because I, all the time, I just, you know, I'll ask people when they tell me something, I'll say, well, what's the source behind Mm -hmm. that? And just curious, what's the source? And, you know, we've got to just continue to educate people because there's a lot of misinformation out there. What what do you think are some of the challenges that let's just say like today, right? You said you want to be able to fact check and, and definitely have at least two sources. What are some of the things, some of the challenges that you, you think print has gone through or even newspaper has gone through in the last five and 10 years? Because you definitely saw whatever those challenges were and you just said, I have to move forward. And like you said, I like the quote you said, you don't want to think like a paper company. Yeah. Uh, and I would just tell you that 
you know, over the years you go to conferences and when you go to those conferences, you get a lot of great, um, you know, new ideas and mm. knowledge and, but you come back to work and you tend to put that idea on the shelf and you don't necessarily act on it. And I think we're all guilty of that. Very much right? so. Very much yeah. so. But I went to, um, I went to Pointer Institute and with two, no, three of three other team members and it was really eye-opening and a little scary because it was it was really talking about digital transformation. And you know, when I, I'm so close to the numbers and you look at where traditional print advertising has gone online and mm -hmm. certainly Google and Facebook have have taken more than their fair share, you know, eight out of out of the ten cents is gonna go to uh, the the big giants, oh, but, yeah. and I get that, that's important, but the Pointer Institute, that digital readiness and transformation, I realized it was one of the hardest things that I had sat through because I realized at that point that I couldn't come back and put that on the shelf because if I did, it meant that I was willing to say that the, the Post and Courier could go out of business. We wouldn't right. have a, I would be hanging on to a business model that was antiquated. So it, it was really scary. And at the same time, you know, it challenged me too and the team. So, you know, we, we talk about it every day and it's just become a culture change for us to be able to make sure that we have a viable future that we can pay for our newsroom. You know, we believe we need to provide for that newsroom to be able to serve, you know, our democracy. So it's, it's just an important goal for us to keep in mind. You know, coming back from a conference, and I, and I agree with you 100%, when you come back from a conference, you are, you are elated, you're happy, you're ready to go, you're ready to take on the world. But when you get back, not all of the team members have experienced the same thing that you have. So it's almost like you have to give them time to catch up. How do you inspire them based off of what you just went through in a conference? Yeah, you know what what we did in this particular situation, um, which I really liked, was because it had to be a culture change. We ended up creating what we called mini publisher groups, and we were able to really look at the types of content, whether it was you know news, health news, sports, um, whatever uh, the content was we created many publisher groups because you decide you know at that point it's not about me leading the team I, I need to be a leader but it's everybody needs to join hands and and be able to push this forward so creating the many publisher groups allowed us to do cross-divisional groups from news advertising marketing circulation finance and have them take the information that we learned set them up, train them, and then they needed to take that forward and decide how they could grow newsletters, digital subscriptions, advertising revenue, you know, podcasts, events, really get around that, that idea of growing that particular content area. And I think that's how we had to really ingrain it in people culturally to make that change. So it was a heavy lift, um, absolutely a heavy lift, and it didn't come without frustrations, but we also knew that, and we say this a lot, we can't put it back on the shelf. It's, it's here, it's now, we've got to do this. Well, I, I, I love that and I agree with that. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back and we're going to dive in and finish talking about challenges that we all face. This is the AdCast. Today's show is sponsored in part by Craft Creative. Change your creative, change your world with premium video production and graphic design. Get started by visiting WeCraftCreative.com. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. You're listening to The AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. All right, I want to welcome everyone back to The AdCast and... Uh, we are with Miss PJ Browning and PJ. I, I'm I'm really enjoying this conversation, and I'm thinking like I can probably keep you on until four o'clock this afternoon. You want to do that? Let's just stay on for about five hours. You want to do that, PJ? Great, great. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> so uh, we talked about some of the challenges, and I love that quote from you. And we'll definitely put that up later on how you had to think like a, a digital company. I really like that. So it used to be that we would think like a, uh, a newspaper reader was an older person is how we all, a lot of folks, so even me, when I started out in radio and television, we thought the, the reader was uh, up in age, a lot older, and research shows that they weren't always older. So how do you attract the younger reader nowadays? How do you attract uh, the 25 or 28-year-old and have them look at your news product now. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, gosh, it's so different now with the digital age that we're living in because, you know, I do agree it's still harder to attract um, the, you know, 18 to probably 34-year-old um, into that print product. But now that everybody is really digitally savvy and um, so connected through social media, you're seeing the younger generation actually read more. Uh, so it's, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's, there's some really good studies out there. So now it's just a matter of what are they reading and, you know, how do they like to read? Because I think the way we present a story uh, is, is different to somebody who is, is younger uh, versus somebody who may be, you know, more senior. Uh, so I think, you know, you have to study and we, I had mentioned earlier, we use a company called Piano. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really enjoy, and there's certainly other companies out there, but what I really enjoy about it is it, it's, it really measures you. So if I'm following Eric, I know what you've read. You know, I know how long you engaged with a story. I know if you didn't engage at all, I know kind of when you checked out. Um, so I can I can look into what your readership habits are, and I think you know from a topic standpoint and you know listicles, uh, people really enjoy kind of that list, uh, short read versus a long form. That's right, so, like bite-sized yes. pieces. Yeah, so I think all of that really applies to a younger reader, and you know overshadowing all of that is making sure that our staff is diverse mm-hmm. uh, and you know diversity comes in in race it comes in age groups and being able to make sure that 
we have everybody at the table to be able to really have the right kind of content to serve our audiences. Now, how about products? Is there certain, uh, is there a number of different products that you have to have to be able to attract them? Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is like, let's just say um, last year, our agency won uh, the Charleston Choice from yeah. the Post and Courier. So is something like that designed to be able to attract more people? Um, and, and, and does it also open people up to be able to see some of the other products that you have? Absolutely. I mean, we have so many great events and, you know, everything we do is with the reader in mind and certainly the businesses, the business community is so very important. But, um, you know, we do a lot around it, it could be that you're really interested in podcast. Mm -hmm. So whether and if you're interested in podcast, uh, you know, if it's about things around South Carolina, we want to make sure that we can, you know, you're intrigued enough to join us. If it's a newsletter, um, if it's an event, uh, we really, we have so many different things that we do today. You know, we used to just be newspaper focused. Right. Uh, so I will say that we're probably running a little harder and faster today to be able to, to keep up with the demands. Um, but yeah, it, it makes it fun too. And it makes it interesting because uh, there's just a variety of things out there for us to be able to serve different readers with. Now, recently, uh, you know, I don't want to make our conversation, you know, political at all. Um, and I think, you know, like uh, our president had put some tweets out there and I think Twitter had flagged some down. They started fact checking them. And I wanted to know, like, there's a couple times where, uh, you know, and this is again, this isn't political between you or I or anything. But uh, I, I wanted to talk about just the freedom of the press, you know. Uh, the freedom of the press, you know, do you do reporters still do they feel like they still have that ability or do they feel like uh, people don't believe in freedom of the press or do they find it hard for them to be able to do what's right and and have true journalism? Uh, what is that like now? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really great topic and we could probably spend an afternoon on it. You know, I think what was interesting with what Twitter decided to do is, you know, when you look at the platforms, you know, once you start having an opinion, you know, and, and they've steered away from that. So once they started having an opinion, it really changes the way they're looked at and, mm -hmm. and it changes the rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, I thought it was interesting to follow that and, you know, Facebook, absolutely backed off that and did not agree with Twitter and and you can see why just because uh, when they become that platform with with the opinion right. um, it, it's just hard but I think our reporters locally um, absolutely still you know believe in freedom of the press uh, it does allow us to do our job you know a lot of times you, you do have anonymous sources um, you know you, you still have to be very careful with keeping notes as a reporter, right. uh, you know, you really shouldn't keep notes. So there's so many things that and freedoms that we have, and I don't think we take those for granted. I think we, you know, take those very serious, and that's where I think it was a little disturbing to see Twitter come out with with their the decision they came out with. Do you think? Uh, I mean, for you guys, um, is it okay to ever have any kind of opinion, or it's just better just to stay back? I mean, I mean you know, Twitter made their decisions. And like you said, Facebook made theirs. Um, but is that like your stance? You would just say, I just stay away from that. Is it just safe well, to do that? 
Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Within a newspaper, and I, I do think sometimes readers, some readers may not understand the difference, but we have our editorial opinion pages, mm -hmm. and that's separate from the news staff. And traditional reporting, um, the news the news director here, or the executive editor, who's Mitch Pugh, um, and then there's Rick Nelson, who is the editorial page editor. So they don't, they're not in the same reporting relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, the editorial page editor reports directly to me, as does the executive editor, but those staffs are completely separate. Um, and I do think sometimes, you know, we put those on separate pages, mm -hmm. we identify them as opinion and, and commentary, and those, those are truly opinions. Um, but we, we don't invite opinion in a, a news, like a reporter. Got it. Um, so it, it really is very different, and we differentiate those, and those two staffs do not inter, intermingle. You know, I, I remember years ago um, when I would see TMZ on uh, television, and, and TMZ was more of like a, uh, a gossip site you know, back then. And nowadays they're breaking news and I see people are trusting TMZ. Me, I, me personally, I find it hard to me. It's just, it's more entertainment than anything. Um, because I, I, I respect true journalism and I, and I grew up watching some, some of what I thought were the best journalists around, but when did TMZ become a credible news source? I know it's cra it's crazy to me too, Eric. Um, you know, you look at certainly TMZ, and, but you know, uh, you know, you look at statistics, and I'll tell you that entertainment news is just you know everybody loves entertainment news, and they feed off of that. It's just this frenzy, and so um, you know, for me, I can read something on there, and it's you know, I laugh because I'm like, people can't believe this, can they? Yeah, but. Uh, I know. And then they share it on Facebook and it's just crazy how it grows. And, um, you know, there's, there's just, there's some real problems with that. <laughs> I, I know when, when you see like CNN, uh, like CNN may cover a story and they say, well, TMZ is reporting. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, wh when did TMZ become a credible news source? So I, I it just, I'm, I'm glad to hear that we share the same opinion on that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me. Uh, I could name some other ones too, but I won't. It's just, I'm like, I, people don't really read that, do they? <laughs> do, do you think they're here to stay? You know, I do. Uh, uh, and I'll say it this way. If it's not TMZ, it's going to be, you know, something another else. one. Yeah. Right? It'll be something Because I, I just think it's the way of the world right now and the entertainment news. So I, I think that those will still be around. Well, Here's what we want to do. Uh, we've covered a great amount of topics today. I want us to take one more break. This is our last break. We'll go pay the bills, and then we'll come <laughs> back with what we call the lightning round of the show. And then we'll come back and we'll just uh, we'll wrap it up there. And I want you guys to thank our guest, Miss PJ Browning of the Post and Courier. This is the AdCast. Today's show is sponsored in part by Craft Creative. Change your creative, change your world with premium video production and graphic design. Get started by visiting WeCraftCreative.com. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. 
To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. You're listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. I am back with the world famous, listen what I just did there, PJ, world famous PJ Browning. All right. Um, So I want to ask you this and then we'll kind of close out today's show. Um, You've been doing this for some time and you have a lot of experience in this. And and I really like hearing your point of view and and actually the direction uh, that the Post and Courier is going to that they're going in. Um, prior to us going into the lightning round, is there anything that you'd like to say to readers or possible future readers of the Post and Courier? Well, um, you know, thank you for reading us. Um, if you read us now, and uh, certainly we we welcome your feedback. You know, we've got a, a really good good community, a lot of growth happening, and certainly a lot of issues facing us. But um, we'll be a better newspaper to the community with your feedback. So um, I always welcome reader feedback and would just really encourage that. And to people that, you know, haven't tried us, uh, we hope that you will stop by and read the newspaper in print or online. But uh, just really, you know, we do what we do for the community and for our readers in mind. Amazing. Amazing. So we're going to go into this lightning round. And in this lightning round, I'd like to bring up uh, a media. And you just tell me your thoughts on that media, and uh, and then we'll just go from there. You just sum it up. Uh, and the first media that I'll ask you about is radio. Uh, so I I like radio, and um, you know I think radio is still a, a good buy. People love to listen to, to music, talk shows. So I think it's a strong medium, and um, I, I think it's got a bright future. Television. Television, I, I think, is going to continue to, to see challenges, um, you know, especially, you know, networks. Uh, I think that you're going to see, you know, more people going with YouTube, Roku, Apple TV. So it, it's just becoming a different and more crowded space for people. Uh, so I, I think they'll have some challenges along the way. You know, I always say the Internet will change television, but television will not change the Internet. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And your favorite newspaper? Uh, newspaper, you know, um, I will just tell you, I, I strongly believe that newspapers have got to get on the digital bandwagon, and they have to figure out how to make sure that they have a business model that's one for the future. Um, I, I really sincerely believe that we've got to do that. You know, there was a Pew Research study out, and I, you know, I took note of it because it said that most uh, people do not realize the financial challenges that a newspaper has faced. Mm-hmm. And that's with the change in the advertising makeup and how people are advertising today. So I, I think it's really relevant that we pay attention. Well, uh, how about outdoor advertising or billboards? So I, I think outdoor advertising and billboards um, have always served a purpose um, in particular with directional advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, that's something that has, has been important. And I think that it'll, they'll continue to serve um, that purpose. Uh, one that came up a lot today with us was uh, social media. Yeah. Uh, social media, you know, I, I'm waiting for the next, you know, Facebook or the next Twitter or the next Instagram. You know, right now, um, I would tell you that, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, certainly all are providing a, a, 
an area for people to really express themselves. And I think that you're going to see that continue. Uh, people like to be able to do that self-expression. Exp- uh, and mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot because, you know, when did the selfie become so popular? Uh, <laughs> seeing myself. Right. You when did see seeing yourself? myself become popular, right? You want to see yourself with that new haircut. You know, it's, it's just amazing. And, you know, then you're thanking the hairstylist. And it's, it's just hashtag world. So um, I think social media is definitely something that people are going to continue con- to consume and participate in. Now, now, PJ, what's your go-to social media platform? Well, my, my favorite, I will say for work, um, work is definitely, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and, and we don't underestimate the power of Instagram because it certainly works for, for some things. Um, now, personally, um, I, I like Instagram just because I like the idea of being able to share pictures. And um, so that's, that's probably my favorite, but I don't do selfies. <laughs> I'm me, me either. I'm not a selfie guy. We, we should follow one another on Instagram. Um, All right. So uh, how about direct mail? Um, yeah, direct mail. You know, I, I gosh, I learned a long time ago, direct mail serves a purpose. I think, you know, it's the rule of thumb is, you know, it's going to give you a 2% return. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see that changing. Um, I think that people will still have it as a part of their media mix. Um, and I think that it's, it serves a purpose. I don't think it's a primary, but. Right. And let's just say this, uh, online advertising, uh, that could be, you know, buying ads on Facebook or, or buying ads on Google. Just, uh, you know, I mean, you guys do online advertising as well. How do you feel about online advertising? Hey, it, you know, it's, it's the gorilla right now. It is the 800 pound gorilla in the room. Um, and that's where you're seeing all your growth. Uh, we certainly use it. You know, you, you look at um, what you can do through targeting. I mean, geofencing, geotargeting, and, you know, just you can just drill down. And, um, and, and I will say this. I think it's, for the most part, depending on the business size, I think it's an affordable medium. Um, so, you know, there's a challenge with a Facebook. If I just advertise on my Facebook page, I may not be reaching as many new consumers um, I may be talking to the same group that, that, you know, knows me already, but it's certainly a big part of, of the advertising mix today. Wow. What a great episode today. So, uh, I want to give some thank you. So thank you first to our guest, PJ Browning. Uh, you know, PJ, uh, I would love for you to be able to tell our audience about any products that you may have, uh, that may be coming out or anything on the horizon that you would want listeners to know about. Well, thank you. I will tell you, you know, we're getting ready to expand into uh, the Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, market, it's a big market. I love that market. Yeah. And also into Myrtle Beach. Um, so we're really excited about those expansions. So certainly if we can help anybody out uh, in those markets. Um, and we have a you know, full-blown digital agency as we've changed with the times. We have King & Columbus, which is a digital agency. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of good work with a lot of great businesses today and certainly would be more than happy to help anybody out. Awesome. Uh, I also want to thank you to our video production company, Craft Creative, uh, for being just our studio sponsor and helping us out. And thank you everyone for listening to the AdCast and thank you for giving us your most valuable asset, which is your time. If you feel this podcast has been a help to you or could be a help to others, please don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to go get a subscription to the Post and Courier, right, PJ? 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> and you can listen to our podcast anywhere, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also watch this on YouTube. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, you can go to vipmarketing.io. That's vipmarketing.io. And I also take text messages, 843-483-1555. I want to thank you guys again. And this is the AdCast. If you feel this podcast has been a help to you or could be a help to others, please don't forget to subscribe. You can listen to our podcast anywhere, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And this episode is also going to be available on YouTube. To catch up on past episodes, go to heyimeric.com, or you can always text me at 843-483-1555. Copyright VIP Marketing and Advertising, produced by Craft Creative. For premium video production and graphic design, visit WeCraftCreative.com.